0: music is enough for a lifetime but a lifetime is not enough for music and i think that sums up at least psychologically my work in music it, it will never be finished and i will never have enough time to know what i want to know and to be able to contribute what i possibly could so i keep working at it.
1: No stairway. Denied. Donut.
2: The Emperor's prize damaged. We will test it on Captain Solo. I love you. I know. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's your host.
1: I got him, right, kid? Don't get penicillin. Stephen Wade.
0: Well,
3: alright. Uh, <clears throat> woo! Throat> Welcome, my brothers and sisters, to Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends. This is the ensemble part solo. Not Han solo, but solo. We're just having a little fun. Come on! Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Thank you very much for checking this podcast out. Thank you guys so very much for subscribing. Thank you very much for everything. I really, really appreciate it, man. This is a lot of fucking fun. And this one in particular, <laughs> I had so much music to go through I'm probably gonna do another part of this one as well this is a lot of fun what this is is famous bands people that break off from those famous bands whether they get back together the original band or not we do something from the original band and then we do something from the solo act I think you pretty much got that by the first set of songs you just heard the obvious David Lee Roth Breaking away from Van Halen at the height of Eat Him and Smile, that motherfucker was big. That was big time. Bigger than Van Halen. He was the ultimate frontman, Diamond David Lee Roth. But we went to his last album with Van Halen, 1984, Top Jimmy, and I don't give a shit what anybody says about that album. It is fucking great. Top Jimmy right there from my man, Jimmy Rockstar. <laughs> Woo! Come on! And David Lee Roth's going crazy. And I know the audio snippet I played went with the Yankee Rose, but listen, come on, give me a break, huh? and I had to start the ensemble part solo off with the greatest band in the world, Led Zeppelin, okay? Listen, I've been in radio for over 30 years. I've played my fair share of the same old Led Zeppelin songs. I've been in rock radio a long time. That's why when I play Led Zeppelin on this podcast, I like to go a little bit deeper, and I think you might agree, appreciate that selection that I did, but let's talk about what went on before that Led Zeppelin selection. Before the Van Halen, you heard a song from Robert Plant's solo album from 1988 called Now and Zen. I know I probably could have played something from Pictures at 11, the principle of moments were shaken and stirred. But no, I went with the fourth album. Why? Significance, the number four. And that song right there was co-written and produced by Jimmy Page. Those two have always crossed paths after Led Zeppelin, one way or another. They may say they uh, dislike one another, but they are always connected, not only by Led Zeppelin, but I think Spirit as well. And I do think Jimmy Page is a little bit pissed off at Robert Plant because time is ticking and they won't do another Led Zeppelin reunion. I know Robert Plant won't because he says he can't get the songs right. Uh, Listen, when you go see Robert Plant solo, he does enough Led Zeppelin, okay? But that song right there, tall, cool one, sampled a whole bunch of Led Zeppelin songs you know if you really want to impress me okay get a hold of me on my social media pages and tell me what songs were sampled and if you get all of them right maybe i'll give you a prize (laughs) so you got robert plant's now and zen featuring jimmy page in 1988 getting really solid jimmy page was busy in 1988 as well putting out his own solo album and robert plant guested on that album And the significant part about all of that, Jimmy Page's album, Outrider, features Jason Bonham on the drums. So for my man, Chris, you heard the tune, Wasting Time, featuring vocals by John Miles. Jimmy Page's Outrider. And we got things underway for the ensemble, part solo, with one of my favorite songs from the album, Coda. Say what you will about that album. That album has a lot of soundcheck versions and throwaway tracks. But I'll tell you, man, I love the album. And I love the re-releases of the album as well. All of the bonus tracks that Jimmy Page dug up and the instrumentals that he put on there. Check it out, man. Coda is really, really, really good, man. And it is a fitting tribute to one John Bonham. All right, so you see how this works. So coming up a little later on, Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends, the ensemble part solo. We're gonna shine the dark light onto Black Sabbath. That's right. Three of the members of Black Sabbath, we will feature solo and some audio from the interviews that I have done with Geezer Butler, Tony Iommi, and I even scare the Prince of Darkness, one Ozzy Osbourne. All of that is coming your way. But when I started getting suggestions on my social media pages about this little project that we're doing here, one band constantly popped up, and that would be Guns and Roses. I'm going to be totally honest with you right now. I was never really a big Guns N' Roses fan, but I will tell you this. After I saw the reunion tour, oh man was I hooked. Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts, Guns N' Roses. I was mesmerized. I was like in the fifth row on the field. I was mesmerized by Guns N' Roses. Almost caught Axel's mic too when he threw it out at the end of the show. I was like, I am on board GNR. (laughs) Went and saw it again at the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. And if they tour again, I will fucking go, because I am now a GNR believer. So, I don't want to give you the obvious, because we've already done that. I want to give you something else. So we will check in, of course, with the main guitar player for Guns N' Roses, because that boy can play. Oh, and. Oh, my band leader, scratching his bucket right now. I will give you a song from a project that Duff did right after Guns N' Roses, and uh, funny, it's not on his Wikipedia page. (laughs) After seeing Guns N' Roses live for the reunion tour, I went back and re-listened to all of my Guns N' Roses library. I got it all, and I will tell you, Use Your Illusion 2 is still my favorite Guns N' Roses album. So we kick off this set of music with a little bit of locomotive, baby! Matt Sorum, getting it done on drums. Woo! Come on! This is Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends, you being the friends, and I cannot thank you enough. Thank you very much for your support. This is the ensemble part solo. Come on! Look at this! Come on! Go! No. I get my name on the phone book, and now I'm on your ass. You know,
0: I'll bet more people see that than the phone book.
1: paying your share of the rent so I don't know I mean maybe you should sell one of your guitars or something. What? Would you tell Picasso to sell his guitars? And gentlemen, here's the inside Wayne Manor band leader. It's Buckethead.
4: Oh, look at him, my man Buckethead. Look at him. (laughs) Come on.
3: My band leader, ladies and gentlemen, the man who has put out close to 480 albums, my man Buckethead. How are you, my man? And I checked with him. Prior to that Guns N' Roses set, I said, are you okay if we don't do any Chinese democracy? He nodded his head, yes, and he is playing some selections from Chinese democracy without vocal. Look at, bro, I love you. Look at him go. And the man that Buckethead replaced, Slash, with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, and I don't know about you, okay, but I think Slash is getting better with age. That tune was called World on Fire, and we've got a casino here on the East Coast called Mohegan Sun, and they have an arena, and they have a small venue. The small venue is called The Wolf Den. Well, Slash, Miles Kennedy the Conspirators played there, and I was about two feet from Slash, and I will tell you that that fucking boy can play guitar. No offense, Buckethead, you know I still think you're the best uh yeah i do i do but i'll tell you what yeah you agree slash gets it fucking done man and that dude world on fire was for my man robbie the thunder down under we got to get a hold of that boy someday on the phone and get him on the program man supporting us hardcore spreading the word in australia i'm ready to visit bro come on hook a brother up would you and before that one of my favorite songs from 1995 the song was called jerk from the band neurotic outsiders now this band was huge man this band was a super group one album it was good man and the group was founded by my man steve jones from the sex pistols duff played bass matt sorum on the drums john taylor from duran duran played bass and also steve stevens played a little guitar and billy idol did some backing vocals My man, Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols, Neurotic Outsiders, and for some reason, I don't think Duff acknowledges that album. He should, great album. And we got things underway with Locomotive from Use Your Illusion 2, man. And I gotta tell you, I loved both of those albums. I mean, Appetite was a great album, but Use Your Illusion, part one and two, Guns N' Roses on fire, no doubt. And I love those deeper tracks they did during the Reunion Tour. Oh, I'd go see that shit again, right up. like I said earlier on. All right, coming up in just a bit, we are going to check in with The Hive and get a high five from The Hive. And Beef was a little perplexed about this, the ensemble part solo. i to explained it to him quite a few times. I think he was on The Meat and Bourbon, but listen. That's my man Beef. He walks on water, man. He walks on water, as far as I'm concerned. So the high five from the hive will give you the original and a solo, like we've been doing here during this ensemble. It's kind of heavy to explain, but I gotta tell you, nobody knows music better than you guys. And I want to remind you about InsideWaynManor.com. All the episodes all of the playlists, social media contacts, everything is at BeebsCreation at insidewaynemanner.com And even on those Spotify playlists, I give you my man Buckethead. Now we are gonna get into some shit right here, I'll tell you that. I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll say it until my dying day. I don't think there's a more blessed gentleman on the planet than myself. I am one lucky son of a bitch, man. I got in the radio 30 years ago, and I gotta tell you, I've met everybody. Every rock star that I idolized, I have had a chance to meet or sit down and talk to. We are gonna bust into the Wayne Manor archives and play some of my interview snippets from Geezer Butler. Tony Iommi and fucking Ozzy Osbourne, man. Can you fucking believe it? I still, to this day, can't believe it. So, we will get into a little Iommi solo, Geezer solo, Ozzy solo, but this, from their last effort with Ozzy Osbourne. I know, 13 came out several years later, but this album, Never Say Die, was one of their last with Ozzy, and you could feel the tension on this album, that's why it's so fucking good. And I know you hear this song all the time, but it's a great song, I'm gonna play it. Black Sabbaths never say die. Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends, let me see your fucking hands, as dear old dad Ozzy Osbourne would say. It is the ensemble part solo, go!
5: I'm trying to say here. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've always said that the, 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 it's, it's not, it's not, it's it's not like
6: Oh, it's bullshit. God bless you. This is Tony Iommi and you're inside Wayne Manor.
3: Fucking Dave Grohl, he is something else, isn't he, man? Took that guy a long time to put out a solo album and just call it "Iomi." That is from Tony Iomi featuring Dave Grohl on the vocals. That is "Goodbye Lament." <laughs> what a great! fucking album, man. All kinds of guest stars like Dave Grohl, Phil Anselmo, even Henry Rollins singing a track on that album. It is fucking good. Before that, Burton C. Bell and Geezer Butler, GZR from Plastic Planet. That was invisible. And before that, you heard Ozzy Randy Rhodes Steal Away the Night, man. Going a little deeper into Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz album. His first solo effort away from Black Sabbath. And the last time those four guys got together in the studio back in the 70s, they created Never Say Die. That was the original nail in their coffin. What all the pundits would say, all the experts would say, all of the great musicians would say, that is one of Black Sabbath's finest albums. And resurrected thanks to Tony Stark wearing the Never Say Die Tour shirt in the Avengers. (laughs) So we are doing Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and Friends, the ensemble part solo the original band, and then the members that broke off and did some solo work. Whether they succeeded or they did not succeed, they went back to the band, they didn't. Either way, that's what the ensemble part solo is all about. Now, I look over by my band leader, Buckethead, I see studio guy giving me the signal because it is time to jump into the Wayne Manor archives. Come on! (laughs) Ooh, Stephen Wayne, digging into the Wayne Manor
4: archives.
3: I've said it before and I will say it again, I am the luckiest motherfucker on the planet, man. Started playing drums at a very early age, idolized bands like Van Halen, idolized bands like Black Sabbath, and then having the chance to sit down and chat with three of the four members of Black Sabbath, how fucking lucky am I? What a great career I have had. Well, it's not over yet, but I'll tell you what, man. I've done some pretty cool fucking things, man. And interviewing Ozzy Osbourne, Tony Iommi, and Geezer Butler, That goes on my Mount Rushmore of interviews. Let's start with Mr. Geezer Butler. Keep in mind, I've always had one question when I've interviewed classic bands like Black Sabbath. Their influence spreads so far, I wanna know how they feel. So I asked Geezer Butler how he feels when bands come up to him and say, man, Black Sabbath was such a huge influence
5: On my musical style. It's amazing to me because when we first started off, we weren't given a a hope in hell of lasting. (laughs) You know, now some of my favourite bands are... uh, saying that you know if it wasn't for us they wouldn't exist now and it, it's great it's, it's an incredible legacy to have.
3: I've been lucky enough to sit down with Sir Tony Iomi quite a few times this is Tony and I backstage at OzFest. We've got OzFest and it's the second stage is all new up-and-coming bands it must feel great for you even after all these years for all these young bands that come up and just go oh my god dude I can't fucking believe that I'm playing with Black Sabbath I just I can't believe I've been idolizing you guys did you think Thirty years ago, that that this was going to happen, that you were going to be such mega stars, and you were going to be such an inspiration to so many musicians.
6: No, you don't think that it's uh, it's really great. It, it is, but uh, when we started, it was it was because we wanted to, we enjoyed doing it, and we wanted to do it. it. wasn't and It certainly wasn't a financial thing. So we played because we loved it, and so and now all these years later, it's great to see you know bands coming up, new bands and. Even established bands, you know, coming up saying you were our influence and, and whatnot, it's brilliant.
3: Let's talk about first of all Iomi. That must have been awesome for you to come out and have all these different singers on the record and it was a great record for you. It was just a it was just a plethora of sounds and it was a plethora of musicians. What was it like to put out the call and say, "Hey, I'm Tony Iomi, I'm finally going to put out a solo record and I want a whole bunch of people to join?" Was there thousands of people knocking on your door?
6: It wasn't thousands, but there was a lot and uh, it was great, you know. The the the, uh, the response was fantastic and you know, I'd meet people as we go on as we go along. And and I only wanted to work with people that are, that are you know, I'd meet and would get on with. And uh, all the ones that done the album, I really enjoyed. You know, really, we got on well and we had a great time doing it.
3: And then there's dear old dad, Ozzy Osbourne, the Prince of Darkness. We were lucky enough to get a lot of OzFests in Hartford, Connecticut. In fact, they kicked off the OzFest tour in Hartford, I believe it was in 2005. Ozzy was in Hartford for a couple of days, and I had a chance to talk to him over the phone right as soon as he got into Hartford. And, uh, <laughs> I think my enthusiasm may have got the better
5: of him. <laughs> oh, Steven. Ozzy, what's up? <laughs> nice. How are you? i was a little tired yesterday. going yesterday. Um i got jet lagged, but I mean, I'll be all right.
3: Nice. Hey, first and foremost, congratulations on 10 years of OzFest. Unbelievable. Congratulations. Can you believe that? I-, I can believe it because I have a lot of faith. So, but I mean, congratulations. Yeah,
5: f- 10 years has gone by like a flash, you know. Uh, uh,
3: before you know it, it's gonna be, we're going to be talking, Ozzy, and it's going to be 20 years.
5: Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have 30 or 40. Listen to how young
3: I was. <laughs> and then Ozzy, always concerned about the fans. So what makes OzFest's 10th anniversary, what makes it special to you, and what should people expect from OzFest
5: 2005? Well, I'm Ozzy. I'm, I, I, I always, I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's, I hope, I'm keeping my fingers because it's a great show and everyone has a good time. And more so, you know, and I, I, I have to say this at the end of my show every night, you know, when I'm, I'm doing the American tour: if you're going to get loaded at have, have, a, have somebody who drives, who's sober. Because I'm fed up of, of, of picking up the phone and going, I'm so sorry look, Jimmy never made you like like, I know Brian. Well, I have to make the phone call two days later. When, 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 the, when the parents have got the news the kids wrapped the car around the f-ing tree or went up a cliff or something. Just, you know, friends don't let friends drive drunk, as they say, or like, I, 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 at the end of the show, I don't know you've any of my shows, I mean, I I always said the last thing: you've been drinking or using, and you're gonna drive home. Just stay away. If you if your if you car gets nowhere, drive you. Start in your car or something. It saddens me. I mean, that's not what I'm about. You know, I never have been.
3: You know the scary part about all of that? I understand everything that he's saying. <laughs> And i apologize for the beeps i can't find the original tapes those are the ones that aired on the rock 106.9 wccc wow i still have tons of audio from those three guys and a lot more inside the wayne manor archives that i will continue to share with you during this podcast inside wayne manor with stephen wayne and friends but as always my thanks to my broadcasting brother, Mike Coroli worked with him at WCCC in Hartford and iRockRadio.com, and he was the one that set up all of the interviews that I have done over the years, and I cannot thank him enough. And also my deepest thanks and admiration still to Mr. Geezer Butler, Tony Iomi, and of course, the Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. Man, am I lucky. Woo! So we continue on Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends, the ensemble part solo. We are gonna get to one of my favorite bands featuring one of my favorite lead singers and favorite drummers, but right now, This guy, he got a thing or two from both Ozzy and Black Sabbath. I think if you were to say who is the true musical son of Ozzy and Black Sabbath, you would say this guy right here, Mr. Rob Zombie. By far, in my opinion, one of the greatest albums of all time is Astro Creep 2000 from White Zombie. Just the way the album was produced with the music, all of the audio clips inside. Rob Zombie is kind of a genius with that. So we will check out a little White Zombie, Blood Milk Sky, and then we will check out Mr. Rob Zombie solo featuring a little bit of Tommy Lee action on drums inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends, the ensemble, part, solo, and by the way, Han shot first. Car today. See, I have some top secret clown business that supersedes any plans that you might have for this here vehicle.
4: <laughs> <laughs> What's that about clown business?
2: Last <laughs> stutter, bitch. we
5: Wayne Manor with Steven
4: This is Johnson Davis from Corn inside Wayne Manor with Stephen
7: Wayne. High five. Thank you, studio guy, for that eloquent introduction. High five to you, buddy. All right, this is another weekend inside Wayne Manor. And as always, that means yet another installment of High Five from the Hive. This is your buddy, The Beeve. And as always, we at Spinning Unrest would like to give our heartfelt thanks to Stephen Wayne for sharing some of his airtime with us. I'll tell you what, it was an honor to share the airwaves with him back in the mid-2000s. And it's an even bigger honor to still be doing it in 2020 so this week brings us to the infamous solo artist category we've always felt that when guys go solo they often do it with the right intentions and with a good plan unfortunately as we all know it doesn't always work out that great on the flip side though there are those times when an artist breaks out on his own and it turns out to be one of the best things to happen to his career and music as a whole it doesn't happen often but when the timing and the vibe is right and everything comes together, it's a fucking thing of beauty. As far as big bands and big solo careers go, there aren't many that can match the significance of The Police and their lead singer Sting. Now we talk all the time about bands that overstay their welcome. You know, they're like 80 years old and still on stage and looking really grody. And then there's other bands that call it quits, like way too soon not even close to their peak what happened with the police and sting though was about as perfect as it gets timing wise in 1983 the police released their last studio album synchronicity which spawned the hit singles and you know them all every breath you take wrapped around your finger king of pain and of course synchronicity 2. now by that time several critics and this is including us had deemed them the biggest rock band in the world But unfortunately, as so often happens, the recording process involved in an album so complex took its toll on the band. So after selling out Shea Stadium and literally conquering America, the band called it quits right at the apex of their career. So what were we left with and what did we get out of this? Well, I'll tell you, we were left with a huge catalog of amazing music from the police, and we got an equally huge catalog of amazing solo music from sting so let's start it off with what we consider to be the track that defines the police as a band from that album that broke them and then we'll get to a track from sting that was actually my wedding song this is fucking insane from the aforementioned synchronicity album this is track one and it happens to be called synchronicity one inside wayne manor and a firm slap on the ass high five from the high let's go
3: That is your high five from the Hive. Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends. The Ensemble part solo. My man, the Beeb. His wedding song, Fields of Gold from Sting. And the Police's Synchronicity One from Synchronicity. That album was huge man everybody had a copy of that album synchronicity man and every breath you take was a huge song I think Stuart Copeland would rather have done like older police music but they all jumped on board and thanks to sting they're all multi-millionaires <laughs> sting more so though he went solo put a lot of great music But that right there being your high five from the Hive, Spinning Unrest, which we will talk about in a few moments. Before that, make no mistake about it, this podcast right here is about Ray Luzier, okay, from Corn, He is one of the greatest drummers on the planet right now. He is one of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet right now. So any chance I get to play some Ray, I'm going to play it. So we had Jonathan Davis from his solo album, Black Labyrinth, happy. And before that, rotting in vain from Jonathan Davis's band Corn. Now, Jonathan Davis used to tour the country with Berkeley musicians and do a little solo thing and then put out a couple of albums. Black Labyrinth being one of them, get it? It is fucking good. And by the way, Mr. Ray Luzier you playing on both those tracks and both those albums, The Black Labyrinth and The Serenity of Suffering. And speaking of drums, before that, the drumming great Mr. Tommy Lee, yeah, he's a great drummer, okay? Mr. Tommy Lee playing with Rob Zombie solo, Demon Speeding, and before that, from one of my favorite albums of all time, Astro Creep 2000, Blood, Milk and Sky and maybe we'll dip into the Wayne Manor archives at some point. I'll share some of my interviews with Rob Zombie. I complimented that album during one of my interviews and I said, dude, where did you get all of the audio in between the songs from movies and TVs for that album? It all just fits perfectly. He looked at me and he said, I played the fifth. Ha <laughs> ha! I got to be honest, man, this has been a lot of fucking fun putting this together, man. Maybe we will do this again because I had some more requests that I just could not get to. I want to thank my man, Studio Guy. Thank you very, very much for adding another voice to Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends. He is spectacular. He is going to tell you how you can get a hold of me and how you can get a hold of him coming up a little later on. I want to thank my man, B. Get over to the great website, InsideWaynMannor.com. You can get all of the past episodes and the new episode. You can also get all of the playlists and the new playlist. You can get uh, all of my social media information, and you can get all of my contact information as well. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you think of Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends. Let me know what you think, and if you've even got an idea, we can work with that as well, because these are your podcasts these ensembles. I would like to thank you so very much man for checking out Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and Friends. Thank you very much for subscribing and thanks if you just happened to stumble on us. I also would like to thank my man Beef and the rest of the ladies and gentlemen Inside Spinning Unrest. Check out their podcast and I want to thank them for allowing me to have a special feature on their podcast. We call it Manor Mayhem. I kind of mix it up a little bit and choose a maybe heavier song or song where they scratch their head and go, huh? Because they pretty much play all new music but we like to mix it up a bit for Manor Mayhem. So thanks to Beave and the crew at Spinning Unrest. And yes, I would like to thank my band leader Buckethead. And even though I said I wasn't going to play a song from Chinese Democracy. We all know, my band leader, he's got close to 480 albums out. You can get those albums at bucketheadpikes.com. But uh, he did play with Guns N' Roses for a little while, so he abandoned his solo career to join GNR. So let us close the ensemble, part solo, yeah, Buckethead, with a little bit of better from Chinese Democracy. Yeah, come on! Once again, thank you so very much. I am honored that you all are a part of this. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I cannot wait to do this all over again. Yeah, come on Buckethead, come on. Let's dance, let's slow dance, peace.
1: Inside Wayne Manor with Stephen Wayne and friends can be found at www.insidewaynemanor.com Episodes, playlists, contacts, social media, and more all insidewaynemanor.com I'm Studio Guy and you can reach me at studioguy.net because some assholes got the dot com
5: This show
0: is awful Terrible Disgusting See you next week Of course